Hey everyone, it's Cheryl and Tony. Buckle up for this Tuesday edition of the Disney Drive Time Podcast. How are you? I'm good. Excellent. Slower news day today. Slower, but still some important news out there. Yeah, of course it's important. It's all important. Where do we want to start? You tell me. You've got the paper. I think the big news is the scooter bug news. All right. So yesterday we talked about how Disney has... um, released changes with third-party scooter, wheelchair, stroller suppliers, and they may have mentioned in there, it was a little confusing, um, possibly grocery. Um, And Tony had actually said, like, oh, hey, does it seem like maybe they're going to try to do their own? And what did they wait one day before they announced, oh, hey, look, yes, we actually are going to have our own company called Scooterbug that is going to deliver these devices to um, you at your resort. So well, exactly what are they doing? Scooter Bug is the current provider, third-party provider of all ECVs, strollers, wheelchairs, uh, etc. to the Disney Parks and Disney Springs. So what this allows is this makes Scooter Bug, which I don't believe is really affiliated with the Walt Disney Company. It looks like it's a separate company. Um, but it allows them to drop their stuff off to Bell Services and not require a face-to-face meeting. Uh-huh. So if you rent from Kingdom Strollers, Orlando Strollers, um, Apple, uh, you know, for medical supplies, or any other medical supply store, you need to meet face-to-face with Disney. Now. Right. Now, it looks like um, it looks like this, this issue deals with mobility devices. So strollers, wheelchairs, and ECVs. Right. Um, which are scooters. Uh, but how does this affect somebody who has like, um, you know, you need to have oxygen delivered or a CPAP machine? Um, you know, is this going to require a face-to-face meeting or is this something that Bell Services can handle? So it's, it's still kind of a gray area. You know, Garden Grocer has said that they're not affected by this. Um, but none of the other, you know, food vendors have, have replied back to saying whether this applies to them or doesn't apply to them. Yeah, as far as the food thing goes, Garden Grocer, the pricing on Garden Grocer is at least twice what it is through like Amazon or uh, Walmart delivery. Uh, The prices are astronomical through Garden Grocer, but they can guarantee and have many years um, of service dropping things off with Bell Services um, at Disney. So right. they have that good relationship. And there may be some sort of a thing where Disney is getting some sort of a kickback on those. And I have a feeling that it's basically going to be the same thing with Scooter Bug. So by getting that... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? By, by getting the exclusive right to be the only ones to leave things with Bell Services, I'm sure that Scooter Bug is paying a portion back to Disney or paying to have that exclusive contract. Right. right. Yeah, it's funny because I just went out to the Scooter Bug website, which is ScooterBugMobilityRentals.com, and they are a nationwide um, rental site for tourist destinations across the U.S. Mm-hmm. And right on their front page, Scooter Bug is a Disney-featured ECV provider. So, you know, they've got that Disney logo on there. Uh, they're kind of official. Um, yeah, are they paying some type of, you know, not licensing fee, but, uh, you know, some Exclusivity. type of Exclusivity, yeah, they've got to be. They um, have to be. Because the kind of prices that they charge are just ridiculous. And that, I'm, I'm interested to see what kind of prices they're going to charge for a length of stay type of thing. Because it wasn't very expensive to get them through, you know, Apple Scooter or any of the other, um, 
places that did it um, versus, what is it, $50 to get one for the day in the park? Uh, I think it's like 80 Is it that much? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, if they're still charging basically $80 a day to have it, that's that's way more than you're paying. You know, I'm still going to meet whoever I need to, wherever I need to, even if I have to meet them at the uh, Winn-Dixie parking lot down the street right. <laughs> to get my my ECB. I'm doing that because I'm, I, I'm not paying $80 a day. So, and I, we'll see where that goes, but yeah. I don't know. Actually, right Disney now, was predictable. According to their uh, website, a uh, ECV, a daily rental, is fifty dollars uh, with a twenty dollar deposit. And if you're at the water parks or Disney Springs, it is fifty dollars with a hundred dollar deposit. Um, Can you drive it into the water? Maybe <laughs> just because it's so like when you go to the park exit. You know, there's no way you're taking that thing out, right? But when you're at Disney Springs, there's nothing from stopping you. Yeah. Of getting on an elevator, bringing that up to your car, and taking off. Yeah. Uh, so for a hundred dollars, I guess it's a pretty good deal. With a scooter. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, right now Disney is saying that they don't have length of stay scooters available. Uh, so, but that would be that's with the the scooter bug coming to the resorts has to be length of stay, right? It right. doesn't make sense that it wouldn't be right. And scooter bug is actually already on their uh, website as the Disney featured provider of scooters for length of stay visits. Okay. Yeah, they didn't take, waste any time. No. Nope. So, I don't know. I think that's sort of the big news, something to still follow. Um, I'll be interested to see how it works out with people um, using that and, you know. And it will it be goes. very interesting to see if Disneyland follows suit as well. Yeah. I feel like maybe they're not as big a thing there, maybe because it's not as big a park or, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe daily rentals are probably the way to go in Disneyland more so. You're still, if you need a scooter, you need a scooter, regardless. Yeah, but you've always what's... needed a scooter. I don't think off-site rentals were really that much of a thing in Disneyland. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there's any anything to put the kibosh on and try to make extra money on. Disney's uh, already making all the money over in well, Disneyland. Well, we here at the Disney Drive Time will follow this story to the end. That's right. Because one day, Poppy's going to need a scooter. Oh, I hope not. No? No. He just likes his shout-outs. <laughs> he does. <laughs> um, let's see. Also, some... I don't know. I thought this was decent news. The uh, Visa card holders can get up to 40% off at the Riviera Resort bookings, uh, which is kind of a big deal. It hasn't even opened yet. It's supposed to be highly anticipated, and they're already offering up to 40% off. They are. I mean, are the rates just, like, that high that they have to, or are they nobody's booking it? I mean, it must be available for booking already. It is. The resort is scheduled to open in early December. And right now, Disney Visa card holders, as Cheryl mentioned, have the opportunity to save 40% on rates for most nights between December 16th through March 31st. Um, Actually, the 16th is its opening date. So uh, it's not even getting into, uh, you know, it's had a week because it was full because it just opened and now we're offering a discount. Yeah, I mean, they're saying that these these can apply to the opening day rates. So, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, uh, you know, Cheryl kind of called this and said that at some point Disney's going to have to start, uh, you know, applying discounts. Yeah, um, I've been waiting for the discounts to roll in on resorts and on, on um, park passes, but this is I didn't see this particular one coming. I thought they would be more across the board and definitely on some of the, you'd think on some of the older resorts, but uh, I don't, and I mean, it's right on the Skyliner line, right. which of all the things, you know, things come out and you you know anticipate them, but you don't know how they're going to be received. And I feel like Galaxy's Edge maybe wasn't received as as well as 
you know, people thought it would be. And I feel like it was, it's been the opposite for the Skyliner. I think that the reaction to the Skyliner has been better. So people were uh, not optimistic about how that ride was going to be and what it would be like. Right. And the people who have ridden it, you know, have given nothing but positive feedback. So... Well, it's funny because I was going to say maybe it's because they opened the Skyliner all at once and didn't do it in stages, but they are because you can't get off the Riviera Resort Station right now. So. Yeah, not until it's open. I mean, but to have a that's I mean to have a resort that's right there on the Skyliner line, right, is big. Yeah, you'd think that they wouldn't need to offer discounts, especially at the beginning. But uh, yep. maybe things aren't filling up for uh, when is this opening? December sixteenth. December. Mm-hmm. Maybe the holiday season isn't that busy yet. And that's right after uh, Rise of the Resistance opens. Yeah. Well, good. What else would you like to talk about? You've got the stories. Do you want to go to the parks or uh, not? No, let's stay out of the parks for a little bit. Let's let's wind up with the parks. All right. Well, then let's talk about Frozen 2 news. Sure. Frozen 2. Two big pieces of news uh, today. The first part is that there's a new look out at the movie as well as a movie poster. And then the second part of the news is that the Soundtrack 2 soundtrack has been released. So joining Adina Menzel, Kristen Bell, Josh Gad, and Jonathan Groff, uh, superstars Panic at the Disco, Weezer, and Casey Musgrave. Uh, Casey Musgraves all have songs on the album. So, but it's important to note that just because there's a song on the album does not mean it's really in the movie. Right. So, because I if, always found that disappointing. If you look at the track listing, it, the songs are noted in the end credits. Yeah, there's three songs in the end credits. Right. I mean, yeah. That doesn't, I don't feel like that really counts so much. Not that they're not, maybe they're good songs, but they're not going to be recognizable from the movie, I don't think. Probably not. But will lightning strike again with Frozen 2? I don't think it's going to be as good as the first one, but hopefully it'll be really good. Okay. I'm excited for it. So, also, let's see. What else do we have not in the parks? Uh, how about the cruise line? The cruise line. Would you like to talk about merchandise? Oh, you know I love a good merchandise. I know you do. Uh, chat. I like to talk about food. You like to talk about merchandise. So, with all of the uh, color-related, you know, the aqua, was the Arendelle aqua, right. the rose gold, what yep. other colors are there that I have had know. cruise lines? Um, cruise lines. Uh, clothing lines. Uh, Disney Cruise Line has introduced their Nautical Navy merchandise collection. Uh, so it's a collection that inspires, uh, that is, uh, derives inspiration from centuries of a seafaring tradition and the beautiful blue of the ocean, pay- paying homage to the classical exterior design that distinguishes the Disney Cruise Line fleet. Um, so it's funny because the designs include uh, the iconic Cruise Line symbols and, a t- and touches of rose gold. Uh, however, there is no Arendelle Aqua. <laughs> so there are four pieces from Loungefly, a backpack, belt bag, wallet, and lanyard. Uh, each coordinated piece includes striped bow accents and a rose gold anchor. Uh, there is the obligatory spirit jersey, which seems to be... Uh, you're nothing if you don't have a spirit jersey anymore. Well, I like the ladies' t-shirt. There is a ladies' t-shirt. There is ear bands, ear headbands, which are different than ears. Uh, tumblers. Um, and all of these items are exclusively available on the Disney Cruise Line. Very nice. Yes. Um, and then a second bit of Cruise oh, Line sorry. news. There's sorry. One. Go ahead. If you are going to be going to the Southern Caribbean island of Martinique on a Disney cruise or on another cruise line, um, and you happen to also go to Guadalupe, uh, those islands are now requiring that guests visiting have a passport. 
So it used to be when you stop at a port of call and you are on a closed loop cruise, which is a cruise that starts and ends uh, at the same port, um, you could get off utilizing your shipboard identification. Um, however, that's no longer the case in Martinique. Each and every guest who uh, disembarks is required to have a passport. Do you think they've had a lot of cases of people getting off cruises and just staying, staying in Martinique? <laughs> is it that nice? I don't know. They did not mention why it was happening, um, but they did say that local authorities are going to be very vigilant and, uh, you know, if you want to get off the ship, get a passport. That's a pain in the neck. It is. I mean, because there's a lot of people who don't cruise with passports. It's one of the nice things about your closed loop cruises, but... Uh. But personally... I always recommend uh, traveling with a passport. And case in point, we have a person from a neighboring town who was on a cruise with us. She had a little bit of a medical emergency and did not have her passport with her. Um, And she had a bit of an issue getting back into the States. Um, You know, you don't want to get evacuated, whether it's for medical reasons or somebody in your party has to get evacuated or you miss your ship. Mm-hmm. You know, you've seen people, you've seen the infamous videos of people standing at the dock as the ship pulls away. Um, and if you don't carry a passport with you, then, you know, you're working with the American consulate or embassy in order to get back in. And that can just be a real pain in the uh, pain in the backside. So. Yeah. No, I mean, it's definitely better to have them, but there are some some occasions where, you know, people decide not to do it. And now for these cruises, they will not have that choice. Right. So, but with oh well. the whole real ID things coming up in 2020 and you need to have the real verified IDs or travel with a passport, eventually you're going to need a passport or a real ID. So Yeah. All right. Also outside of the parks, you know more about this than I do, the Disney and PlayStation View. Yes. Have some news about that. So PlayStation View is a streaming uh, TV service. Uh, that does not require a PlayStation console uh, to get services. But Disney and PlayStation have uh, reached a deal uh, to bring FX and the National, and National Geographic to Sony's television platform, which is The View. Uh, both FX and National Geographic were acquired by Disney when they brought 20th Century, uh, 20th Century Fox earlier this year. And uh, it's funny because PlayStation View, these, these are the Disney-owned channels that the PlayStation View offers via their streaming service. Okay. ABC, Disney Channel, Disney Junior, Disney XD, Freeform, ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN3, ESPNU, ESPN News, ESPN Deportes, ESPN College Extra, ESPN Goal Line, ESPN Bases Loaded, the SEC Network, the ACC Network, the Longhorn Network, FXX, FXM, Fox Life, Nat Geo Wild, Nat Geo Mundo, Baby TV, and ABC News Live. Okay. How's that for quite the lineup of television and or media outlets yeah and that's not all of their channels that doesn't mention uh well it does mention abc television but there's there's got to be a couple channels missing there so they're quite the media empire but if you have the sony uh playstation view streaming service you can now get all of your disney content there okay so then do people not need to get the oh no you still well you still need disney plus if you're gonna be different disney content it'll be different disney content right so this seems like it's all the Disney content, but no, no. Well, these are just the Disney channels. <laughs> if you want all the Disney movies and stuff, you're still going to have to get Disney+. Plus. I see. Any place else that Disney would like to take my money? Um, no. No? Oh, there are. Trust me, there are. Um, let's move into the parks. They like to take our money. And I will gladly give them my money. <laughs> you know who loves to give money to Disney? Who? Pin traders. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So looks like some October... Um, there's, for October, there's new pin releases. 
I don't know what they are, but apparently there's some new pins coming out. And also there is a going to be a 30th anniversary Little Mermaid pin trading night. Wow. Pin trading nights used to be uh, super busy, but it's like they don't exist anymore. Um, so yeah, like Cheryl said, there's a ton of pins. Uh, you have no idea about the no, story, I've, do you? I have no idea. No I'm, idea. I'm, I'm trying to read the story really quick. <laughs> <laughs> and all I see is a bunch of pins. There's some Maleficent, some Star Wars. And those could be old. You don't even know what those are. No, these are, these the are the current pins. These are the current pins. <laughs> all right, for scroll this down. One. Here, here we go. Here we go. On October, on uh, November seventh, uh, Disney's Coronado Springs Resort will be hosting a pin trading night featuring pins commemorating the thirtieth anniversary of the Little Mermaid. Yes, and there is an Ariel and Eric jumbo pin, as well as three little pins with, uh, let's see, Ursula. What's that? Scuttle. And one with Triton. So, yeah, exciting, exciting pin trading event news. If you're a pin trader, go give your money to Disney. Yeah, the big one is a lithograph size pin valued at, a, well, priced at $125 with only 500 units available. All right. So that's fancy. Yeah, pin trading night, November 7th. Caribbean Beach. Be there. A place where Disney can no longer take your money is at the Camera Center in Epcot. That is now closed. Oh, wait. Let's go back one second to talk we about the pin, the pin trading event. Yes. Well, if you were that excited about it, you should have done a little more research. Because as I scroll... Excuse me. You threw the, you're the one who wanted to talk about this. Um, but the pin trading event, whereas they used to be free, this is uh, $15 per person. No way. It's an opportunity to trade in an enclosed trading space. You get one edible treat a preview of upcoming pin releases and the first opportunity to pre-purchase select pins via the random selection process. Wow, I can't believe they charge you. There you go. But you get a treat, so... You do. Maybe it's a big It's worth the $5... Maybe it's a 15... Rice Krispie Treat. No, it's a $5 Rice Krispie Treat that you pay $15 for. Maybe, yeah. Um... Let's see. What else do You're we have? You're saying that the camera center in that's Epcot all, is closed? That's all the news I have on that. And where did they move the camera center to? <laughs> oh, I just thought it was closed. No, they moved the camera center... Uh, the photo pass is now stationed at Pin Central, so they have moved it uh, to the photo station. Or they've moved the photo station to Pin Central while they're making a new Pin Central. Wow, that's crazy. What? That doesn't make any sense. But, the, but there's no camera center really anymore. There's just it's just the photo pass thing. Right. Yeah, they don't print photos anymore. Right. I mean, what the camera center really had no use anymore. No. Nope. Nobody was doing anything with it. So. And the fuel rod kiosk has now been moved over to Gateway Gifts. Well, thank goodness for that news. Um, we're also super thankful over in Galaxy's Edge that the Ronto Roaster droid has been fixed. Yes, he is now once again spinning his meat. <laughs> Fabulous. Uh, speaking of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, uh, you and I, mostly you, um, watched the footage from Sunday night with the Galaxy's Edge Adventure Awaits. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge Adventure Awaits, hosted by Mr. Neil Patrick Harris. I do like him. Yes. Uh, interesting show. Gave you a little bit of the story about Batu, and uh, you know we would well, on my other podcast, uh, two dudes talking Disney, uh, as well as uh, the Mouse and More. Um, we've been talking about like why isn't Star Wars Galaxy's Edge popular? And you know one of the things that we've come up with is because Batu is an area that no one knows. It's never been in any Star Wars movies. It got a brief mention in Solo, and all of a sudden they're building a fourteen-acre land uh, to it. And uh, they actually did talk in the special about why they went with Batu, and they wanted it to be an area where everyone could create their own adventures and they weren't going back to some place that you've already been. 
Which, yeah, and which makes sense, I think, in, like, in the concept, and I can see how that would have made a lot of sense in the boardroom, but when you get down to it, people want to visit a place that right. they know. They're excited to step into the movie. They don't want to create their own movie. Right. They want to be part of the thing that made them so excited to, to watch. Right. So you watch that same movie over and over again. You're not going out and shooting your own movie. You just right. you just want to experience that movie that was done so well. Right. If you're opening a land based on Batman, you want to step into the Batcave. You don't want to step foot into Batman's warehouse that's three blocks away. No. You know? Right. So, I, I mean, it, it's great. It's fun. You know, there's some behind-the-scenes look at some of the attractions and how they were made. And There was supposed to be a look at the new... Rise of the Resistance. Resi- Rise there, of the there was a little bit. Sort of. It's the same exact yeah. one room that they've showed you a thousand times. But it's funny that I saw somebody complain that, you know, this is nothing This is nothing more than a long advertisement. But it's like, <laughs> anytime, anytime yeah. you watch any Disney special, whether it's the Christmas parade or the uh, holiday special that they do around Thanksgiving time... Those are nothing more than two-hour commercials, and there's always a little segment on the cruise line, a segment on each park, a segment on Disneyland and Disney World. They'll go to Alani for a remote. You know, it's it's really just a two-hour long, long-form commercial. That millions of people watch. Yep. Yep. Um, mm-hmm, what else do I want to do? Oh, it was we're the... We're 21 minutes, just oh, We're so almost you know. done. Okay. It was the last night of Illuminations tonight. It was. Very sad. Yeah. Although, if you're listening to it on Tuesday, it will have been Monday night, so you missed it, and you can't be sad about it. Well, yeah, I guess. Um, so, it's, it is sad that it's ending, but I'm excited to see the new show, so I'm sure that that will be the only people live-streaming that when mm-hmm. it, you know... And Disney's actually live-streaming it. On oh, the are first, they? Yeah. Okay, so we'll watch that, and you know, I'll be interested to see what that's like. Yeah. Um, and then, lastly, uh, Beaches and Cream has taken over uh, part of Ariel, so... Beaches and Cream is closed for what I thought was just refurbishment, but it's actually an expansion also. Um, and temporarily, they were in the Ariel's area, which is, it was sort of like a special events area that was right next door to Beaches and Cream. Um, and now it seems that the construction has taken over part of that temporary location because mm-hmm. they're actually um, going to permanently expand into there. So um, that's good news, though, for Beaches and Cream. It's really fun to go there, and it's just so tight. There's really no room there, so it'll be nice to have a bigger space. Excellent. Yeah, so that's about all I got. Um, So if you like us, you can find us on Facebook. We are the Disney Drive Time Podcast. That's right. We hope you enjoy our bickering. And uh, until tomorrow, I'm Tony. And I'm Cheryl. And you've been listening to the Disney Drive Time Podcast.